Hello and welcome to Picton's podcast. This episode, Superheroes, Sugar and Sex Magic. Let's start with superheroes. There are a lot of shows on TV about superheroes. Sadly, I can honestly say I'm highly qualified to comment on this, having watched them, however bad in some cases. In mitigation, it's always whilst I use the treadmill. Let's look at the best of the bunch, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. This at times is one of the funniest shows I've seen. One bonkers example, improbably at the time, starring the initially sensible old guy Dr. Steen, can be seen as a clip on my Astral Projects blog on the superheroes page. The premise of the show is pleasingly ludicrous. A few characters from the other Arrowverse shows fly through time, captained to begin with by Rip Hunter, a polite British guy, played by the actor of also incredibly polite Doctor Who sidekick Rory. Lots of fun British stereotyping. Don't we just love it when the Americans do that? Although I'm Canadian, so I don't care. Sarah Lance on the show is smoking hot. I've got pictures of all the best looking ladies on the blog post. Pardon the sexism. The guys from Prison Break are regulars as Captain Cold, who has the most bizarre speech inflections and heat wave. This gruff character grows in humanity from an admittedly low baseline and humor, often having the best lines. If you like Prison Break, you will love this show, but be a bit freaked out by it. Ray Palmer is an extremely likable character, more so than when he appeared in Arrow as Oliver's love rival. Nathan is another amusing character. Bad guys include Vandal Savage, very camp, and regular appearances from Damien Dark and Malcolm Merlin, constant switcher of allegiances from elsewhere in the Arrowverse. It takes a few episodes to get into it, but so many belly laughs. How do the actors keep a straight face? Well, most of the time. Love it. Next, The Flash, from the same universe as Legends and becoming just as funny, totally in a good way. Flash himself is squeaky clean, although occasionally does things to change the whole timeline and mess up people's lives. Make your mind up, are you going to save your mum or not? His on and off squeeze, Iris is pretty cute, although kind of his sister. Yuck, this isn't Norwich for God's sake. Exchange that for the Isle of Sheppey or certain southern states in America. Also hot. His short-term girlfriend, Patty Spivert. Julian pops in, who is Draco from Harry Potter. Cisco is a funny and likable sidekick, but a revelation to me is how Harry Wells goes from a boring jerk professor villain into a charismatic and hilarious character later with all of his alternate selves. Clip of this again on the blog post. I'm warming to the latest edition, the stretchy Ralph Dibney, who's a little bit Jim Carrey. Recently watched Jim Carrey's film on Netflix, where he plays Andy Kaufman. Recommended viewing, although Jim Carrey, much as I love him, is possibly going a little bit doolally. Another series that progressively improves. The camaraderie is sweet and the humour is sometimes golden. The creepiest villain is Mark Hamill from Star Wars as the trickster, although he does get in a nice I am your father scene. Next show, Lucifer. He's a bit naughty for a superhero, being the devil and all, but who can resist rooting for him in this? It's a bit of a suspend your disbelief to start with in the UK, as the actor was previously a dull doctor on Casualty, and love interest for Miranda on a sitcom. I guess Tom Ellis has redeemed himself, ironically. He's charismatic, quite rightly overturns convention anywhere possible. Disarmony refers to Chloe, his love interest, as the detective, 
and somehow gets away with being openly bisexual and enormously cat, yet still beloved of all women. Chloe is a bit of a looker though. Her ex-husband Dan is a likeable buffoon and fall guy, aka detective douche. The rest are just about supporting actors in my opinion, and the overall storyline is often naff, despite Neil Gaiman being the originator. The show is about Lucifer and his exploits, just what he would have wanted. Many hilarious bits worth a watch. Next, Arrow. I love this show, although the current season's gone a bit dull, but we'll keep watching. Many of the characters in the Superior Legends and Flash originated here. Occasionally, they'll have a crossover together, including one of all four shows, including Supergirl, recently, which I got very confused which order to watch the episodes in. I got there in the end. Oliver, aka The Arrow, before Diggle, weirdly in my view, takes over. It's very sweet and disarming, despite the first number of people he offs. Thea and Laurel are cute. Quentin is a likeable loser. Felicity Smoke is smoking, but loses her originally enjoyable, sharp comic edge after a season or two. John Barrowman, Captain Jack from Doctor Who, a great character, first appears here as Malcolm Merlin. The gorgeous Sarah Lance is there. The original posse, though, has degenerated in my view, as well as the overall quality. Still watchable, now I'm so far in. Next, Preacher, another anti-hero. Why is he even a preacher at all? When you find out about the AWOL god and mentally retarded messiah. He is likeable though, for me, Cassidy, the Irish vampire steals the show. UK viewers will recognise the actor from Amadale of all places. I do believe he was a dingle. Hair Star is a charismatic villain. Arseface is always cringeworthy to look at. The show is pleasingly full of taboo busting, extreme violence and of course heresy. On to Constantine. This only lasted one season but a charismatic British hero this time. Intriguingly, he pops up many years later in the Arrowverse. The movie with Keanu and Shear was also great. On to some of the Netflix shows, which I tend to be from Marvel. Jessica Jones, she is gorgeous, and David Tennant is a great villain. This is the best of the Netflix Marvel series. On to Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage and Punisher. These are all Netflix Marvel, all very similar. Dark, violent, a little depressing. Nowhere near enough gags. Supergirl. Okay, not watched all the episodes of this yet, but up to date thanks to the crossovers. This also hooks into the Arrowverse. She is cute in that all-American wholesome way. Let's move on to sugar and sex magic. It was high time to go on another diet. I couldn't seriously only eat during daylight. Not with my job, where they keep annoying me, getting me to do stuff. Sorry, Dr. Panda. A week on slow carb, then only gently nudged the scales downwards and involved too many nuts. Then I saw the headline of the Daily Express and another diet was discovered, or maybe rediscovered. Michael Mosley with the Fast Diet 5-2 and the Clever Guts Diet, as summarized in Purple is the New Green, briefly a book by moi, which will now be a chapter in the forthcoming Astral Project's Fall, Fall Play, also released the eight-week blog guide. In a nutshell, damn nuts again. 800 calories a day, low-carb med style eating for up to eight weeks for rapid weight loss and better blood sugars. People might then switch to five days low-carb med style eating, two days 800 calories fasting for maintenance each week. It is an effective diet, which is reversed to type 2 diabetes in many. The one in the Daily Express, the Breakthrough Direct Study. The links for this can be found on the blog page on Astral Projects. 
There was also a study published in The Lancet. It's similar to Michael Mosley's diet. I'm not sure who was inspired by who. One group of type 2 diabetics underwent total diet replacement, 825 to 853 kilocalories a day, forming the diet for three to five months, then stepped food reintroduction for two to eight weeks and structured support for long-term weight maintenance. Co-primary outcomes were weight loss of 15 kilograms or more and remission of diabetes. The diet seems to involve optifast shakes and soups and a defined section of vegetables. Now to bring us to the real world, you can't really buy Optifast soups and shakes in the shops. I don't think I'd want to prefer real food, which is what Michael Mosley originally recommended. I was thinking of giving it a go using the MyFitnessPal app to track meals, calories, weight, and daily steps. Not that I'm diabetic myself, but slim and healthy is good. Although events have overtaken me and there might now be another new diet to discuss in a future post and podcast. Where does sex magic come in? Michael mostly is innocent as far as that's concerned, but it does come up in a few books I've been reading this week by one of my favorite authors, John McLean. One is called Sex Magic, Get More, Give More, Love More, a self-help single, available on Amazon, link on the blog. An interesting quick read, the concept of the contents are also alluded to in the sigil part of my manifestation page on this blog. And that has been discussed in the Pictons podcast number one. But John storifies all these concepts in an interesting way, as usual, and has a related book out on the same thing in relation to addiction. The type of thing we're talking about here is quite fun and harmless, I think, although there has to be always someone to take things too far. And you can read more about him, Alistair Crowley, on Astral Projects. And there is also a podcast about him on Picton's podcast. That should keep you going for a while. Until the next post and podcast, goodbye for now.